listening to From the Streets to the Pulpit, feel free to call in at 1-929-477-2978. Again, that's 1-929-477-2978. And feel free to follow us From the Streets to the Pulpit on Facebook and Instagram. What's going on, family? Let's get started. Let's get right into it. The topic tonight is, who says a man can't or shouldn't be emotional? Now, what does it mean to be a man? I think we confuse it with being macho. In all actuality, no one teaches their sons how to be a boy or allow him to be a boy even. When he cries, the first thing we say is, man up, stop being a sister. I think we should talk with him and teach him. And as we do that, we'll get an understanding of what's going on in his head. And we must know when he cries, not because he's soft, his feelings hurt, or maybe there's pain. But we must converse with our sons through that thought, boyhood. I'm sorry, throughout boyhood. So when they reach manhood, they're secure, confident, and balanced. So, without further ado, 4726, who's with me? I'm here. The twin. My twin. What's going on, twin? How are you? Doing all right. How about yourself? Man, not too bad. Just trying to get an understanding, that's all. Definitely understandable. And a good topic in regards to that because I think a lot of times when you are younger, you have that response to where the parent or the dad or the father, if the child is crying, normally tells the child, hey, suck it up, man up, don't cry, don't do this. And you want to ask the question, what are you teaching your child at a very young age? You're teaching them, don't show emotion, don't cry. But then you have boys who grow into men that don't know how to, I guess, exert or handle emotional things when they come because they're taught not to cry. So it becomes a fact, how do they kind of get that out? How do they react? How can they actually emotionally almost just exert that energy that's inside of them? They've been taught not to cry. Society will look down on them if they do cry because it makes them feel like they're weak, like they're not strong. But then it causes them to react in a negative way when they become an adult because they never learn how to exert that emotion in a positive way. Um, So understandable. I agree with you that, hey, you need to actually talk with uh, a young child, a young man, when they, you know, have, they cry, they have that little boo-boo, as they want to call it, but it's a talking to. But if you kind of shut them down and shut them up, you cause them to actually kind of almost shut themselves off 
from sharing things emotionally or reacting emotionally to anything? And then what kind of person are you actually grooming them to be once they become an adult? That's very true. It's before we even get to manhood or adulthood, we must first allow them to be boys. And part of being a boy is to learn. You're going to encounter boo-boos, if you will. You're going to be afraid. But we need to be able to express that without being looked down upon. So if you don't express it as a kid, quite naturally, you'll express it as an adult. And that's when it's the wrong time. Because you, you have these these young ladies that we're now entertaining who don't understand why we're so emotional. We've suppressed, we've suppressed our emotions at a young age. So now here we are as men, and we don't know how to control them, so they're just running wild. What's your thoughts on that? I agree. And it's that when they become an adult, I don't think uh, the female may actually know how to even handle that. And when it looked at negatively, not only from a person that they may be dating, your family, the society, your community, it, it causes them to actually, as you say, you you have that childhood moment at the wrong time. Instead of letting you be a child when you were a child, they tried to make you learn how to be a man at a young age. And there's nothing wrong with teaching certain criteria, but still let them be a boy. Absolutely. And know the right timing to be able to instill that next learning stage regarding emotions. At that young age, maybe they probably don't even know how to even control their emotions or how to even... Uh, know what they're even doing. They know I'm hurting. My natural reaction is to cry. Um, that's what I've been taught. That's what I've done since I was a baby. When I came from the womb, I came out the room crying. So that's the only thing they know how to do when you react to stuff is to cry. But when you emotionally keep things in, that's the unknown factor. And if you want to pick at somebody for doing that, that's the wrong way to do it. Because at the end of the day, that person can react a certain kind of way based upon you picking at them, it could be almost like a ticking time bomb. Absolutely. I think that and with with balance, it all makes sense. But oftentimes when you have these young fathers they don't really know how to be a man excuse me they didn't know how to be a boy or society has made them so callous so they forgot that part so when they try to teach their their kids they're young they just teach them from where they are now not from where they were. 
were being when they was a boy. I mean, getting down, playing with the Legos, playing with the He-Man action figures. You know, same thing we did as a kid. Your kid do this. But you forgot that part. So your kid won't do this. Excuse me. You won't do this with your kid. There's a disconnect right there. I believe that's when it starts. I definitely agree because I think when when you have that moment in time when I think sometimes people forget from whence they were raised. And sometimes, oftentimes, most parents be like, well, I'll do things differently because I remember how I was raised and you know, they normally want to change things or change it for the better. Um, sometimes there are things that an adult man, how he received or was raised, sometimes definitely goes on towards their child. And, but I agree, they raise their child based upon where they're at because they raise them based on where society views a certain aspect when a man is emotional as in right then and there, rather than, hey, you can have this moment. Like I said, there's a timing for everything. Let him have his Lego time. Let him have his crying time because there will come a day where, you know, you got to learn how to handle your emotions when and where to cry. If you want to cry as a man, some things you just can't cry in public, but you can cry different places here and there. I mean, there's, there's a place for everything, but there's a timing to learn everything. And I believe that sometimes we try to raise, we try to let our young men become grown men too early and then when they get of age and they want to do that backwards trip where they really want to be a kid that's when the adulthood becomes a problem because society and people say oh you can't do this you can't do that you're supposed to be a man now so you can't do these particular things it's looked down upon but sometimes you still got you still got to kind of balance that in a way right well, the balancing part is a part that, like I've said before, I have an issue. But I'm sitting now playing with my kid. That's a priority. I'm not balancing. That's the priority. Balance means you have to do both things at the same time. Which one, you know, Weighs the moles on the scale, tilt one way or another. But when my son happiness, him enjoying himself, is the priority, nothing else matters. Because in that moment, I can teach him so much. Yep. And, and I guess I'll agree with that. In a good moment, when you have those moments, you know, as a young kid, they're like a sponge. They soak up everything. And it depends on what you're inputting into them. And if you input in them happiness, it makes them more open to grasp and receive things than coming at them negatively. And I think, like I said, sometimes I think depending on a person's upbringing, sometimes if they were raised in a negative environment, sometimes that's all they know. And you will only hope 
that somewhere along the way somebody had a positive influence in them or they were able to see something or see uh, another father in a positive light, showing him that there was there's a different way to be raised. There was a different way um, to have an outlook on how to communicate with your child and when and how to teach them certain things. But I agree with you. What's your priority? Is your priority to teach them this? Because if they do this with you in public, it'll make you look bad. So are you really teaching them to teach them? Or are you teaching them to protect yourself from being looked at differently in the community because your child want to cry all the time? What's your main motivation okay. and goal behind the teaching? Okay, I'm glad you said that. There is absolutely, positively nothing that my child, my son, my daughter can do to make me look bad in public. All that they have done is provided me with an opportunity to teach. Now, the lessons I teach is up to them at that moment. But because my son cries, that doesn't make me look bad. Because now, if my son was throwing a tantrum, it doesn't make me look bad. It makes him look bad. When I go and snatch him up, they may frown upon him. However, I'm teaching my son at this moment, this is not acceptable. So you can't make me look bad. In the eyes of society, I may look bad. But in all actuality, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. At this moment, because if not, when he threw a tantrum as an adult, you guys are so quick to pick him up, put him in a slammer, chase him, shoot him, who knows. What you got for that? And that's it. And that's it. In that moment there, you're teaching him the lesson, not because it has anything of embarrassment for you, but you're teaching him for him later on down the line. And I think and I think that's a testament to you of being secure in your manhood and in your fathering of your child. Because I think a lot of times I think a lot of people do it in a way because it's embarrassing them rather than the opposite way around. I think for some reason a lot of brothers, because they don't want to be picked on or have other people look at them and be like, oh, man, your child be crying all the time, this, that, and the third, they will feel more like they're being attacked or, or something is wrong with them and their fathering that they will get on the child just because they don't want to look bad in front of other people. But like you said, if mm-hmm. the child is acting up, there's a time when you, hey, would you ask you up? Because, listen, this is not acceptable here. This ain't going to be acceptable now. Nah, this definitely ain't going to be acceptable in the future. Um, you teaching him for something that's going to be instilled for the rest of his life, not even not even knowing, not knowing, but just not even agreeing to the fact that there is no impact that it will have towards you, whether it's going to make you look bad. Like, I'm trying to do something that's going to help my child. And I think if more Absolutely. fathers did that, it would allow kids to be more open and free. 
because a lot of times there's a lot of kids, I believe a lot of young kids, they don't really have an open communication with their father because most of the time I think the parenting may come from a negative aspect, mostly from the father than a positive one. It makes them want to keep things in, not want to talk about things because I don't want to make my dad look bad, so I'm afraid to go ask him something. Or or he may fuss at me to ask him a question. So I think a lot of times how you raise your kids, you know, how you come at huh? He's busy playing the game. I don't want to disturb or interrupt him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or oh, daddy might think my question is stupid and fuss at me for, for asking a stupid question. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, it's like, what environment are you creating for your child? One, to have that open line of communication and to be able to have them emotional times and feel like, okay, I can talk to my dad. My dad's not going to judge me. Uh, I can be open with my dad about what's going on and don't have to worry about a wrath coming at him or, you know, the dad would be like, well, you better not say that in front of when I'm around my friends or things of that nature because I don't want them to look at you or, or say you should know this and you don't know this. You know, it just depends on how the like how the aspect is of what their that open line of communication is with their father and that relationship they really try to build. I agree. I think I'm more concerned about how I look in the eyes of my child, in the eyes of my son, than the eyes of my friend, the eyes of society, society or anyone else. Now, you touched on something earlier when you mentioned the father could be the hindrance. Sometimes it could be the mother, especially if they're in separate homes. She can be that that, that one that's speaking negative. Your daddy was soft. Your daddy was this. He ain't no good. He left. So this kid really don't know. He's confused. I know when I'm with my dad, we have fun. We play. We go places. We do things. But my mom is telling me that my daddy ain't shit. Don't be like that. You can be just like your goddamn daddy. And that's not right at all. Keep your personal issues, your adult issues, Amongst the adults. But don't poison my child's mind, especially against me. So that could be the hindrance, the blockage. That could be why this kid is is isolated. Don't feel as though he can talk to anybody. Can't talk to my daddy because my mama said my daddy ain't good. Can't talk to my daddy because he's telling me to man up. I'm just confused. I'm just going to stay in my room, learn how to build pipe bombs, and that's what it is. And I must say this. We must spend time with our kids instead of having them or allowing electronic babysitters, tablets, iPhones, what have you. YouTube is not going to do it. 
So take the time. Build Legos with the board. Push the ball on the bicycle. Toss the football around. I promise you, all those things matter and will be remembered. You're absolutely correct. What do you think about that? Absolutely correct. Because one of the main things I think we lose, especially in this generation here particularly, is the fact that spending time, what is it really defined with spending time? And I agree, spending time is not us playing video games. It's not us, you know, handing them a tablet while you're sitting there watching the game or watching TV. Spending time means I'm actually in your presence, but I'm actually spending time with you, not just sitting in a room with you. Now, I think people confuse spending time with that. Well, as long as I'm in the room with them, no matter what we're doing, we're spending time. No, that's not the case. If you're spending time with somebody, you're engaged with that particular person. And like you said, when you spend that time with your child, that is stuff they remember as they get older. And that's what my father did. You know, he wasn't a big video game person, but he loved sports. But if we he watched sports, we watched it together where he would talk to me while the game was going on and we would talk about the game together and be enjoying the game together, not just him enjoying the game and I'm doing something else and we just in the same room. Us spending time was when he get off of work, working third shift that morning, I get up that morning when he get home, we'll go in the garage and play pool together. And we just listen to music talking. That was spending time for me with my father. And that's what I view as spending time with a father-son relationship is that you have to be engaged uh, with your child in what you're doing and not letting electronics and everything be in the presence of that and kind of govern y'all's interaction with one another and y'all are doing totally two different things. Like I agree with you, get on the floor, play Legos with them. Uh, play some cards with him if he like cards. You know, it's just all about that personal time. And I agree with you with the X factor that the mother can definitely, you know, cause a wedge. I have friends who have who have baby mothers to say to that, and you know they do play the child against them at times and tell the child, "Don't tell your father this, and don't tell your father that." And if the young man can't tell his father it and he's, you know, probably nervous or scared to tell the mama because the mama's saying what they want to say, what does the child then do? You know, I think sometimes if a mother does that to the child where they tell them, you know, negative things about their father or don't tell your father this and that and the third, you're breeding the child to not communicate with the parent. And then you wonder when the child does stuff when he gets older, and you wonder where did that come from? How would he even think to do that? Or why would he even do that? You cause the child to keep everything in emotionally. That emotion's got to come out some way or another. They're either going to cry, they're going to get angry, or they're going to fight it out. They're going to do something to get that out. So the choice is, what choice do you want them to do? You're instilling at them at a young age how to handle and how to handle their emotion but you're guiding them what the proper way is to kind of get it out of their system rather than keep it balled up. Absolutely. 
excuse me. Now, you touched on something once again. I'm not a sports fan mm-hmm. because I work so much. I have no time to really engage in sports because I'm going to take the time that I have that I'm not working and spend it with my sons. They need me more than the Falcons. They need me. You know, they need to know that I'm their biggest fan. So instead of watching football, I'd rather go toss the football. I'd rather let them climb on my back and beat me up or whatever they feel they want to do. They're spending time with daddy. So, once again, no balancing priorities. And I think now, that's a, a good theme for the whole thing is priorities. <laughs> I think that we must remember to keep your negative views the negative comments, keep them directed towards the offender, be it the mother and the father. Keep the child out of it. Let them maintain my father's my first hero, is my superhero. Because the moment you take that from them, they're going to find a hero in someone. In someone. And it may not be who you want it to be. Just my thoughts. And I think, and I believe really absolutely correct because I think every child is going to look for a hero, a role model. They're going to look for something to cling on to that is uh, something they can aspire to be, uh, something they can look to be, something they can look to, look up to as that. Um, And if you damage that view of the person who they thought was a hero, everything was good and great, they are going to find somebody else. And if you damage the hero, don't be surprised if the damage you do to the hero is exactly the type of person they find to look up to because you just made them realize, well, I always thought they were the hero and they look like this, but you're really telling me they look like that. So Mm -hmm. now your child is going to find somebody who looks like that and be their hero. And sometimes I think, I, I agree with you in that, you know, anything that's going on between parents should stay with parents. The child should be able to look at both parents equally and see nothing, nothing but the world of both of them. The child shouldn't know anything that's going on between the mother and the father at all, period. But I think sometimes when they do try to play the child in that particular role, they don't really know what damage they are doing just because they are emotionally upset with the other parent the slightest little words or actions that you do towards that other parent, you don't know what that is causing 
through your child and how that is causing your child to view the other parent by looking and watching you doing that. Absolutely. And I think just what we're always talking about. Huh? I said because they always must remember young guys are watching. Always. Even when you think they're not, they're always watching everything. Even when you think they sleep, they got one eye open and they're watching and listening to everything you do. Absolutely. You may not be talking to the daddy or the mama directly, but I promise you, if you're on a phone call talking loud, they're listening to everything you're saying about daddy to this person. Everything you saying about this person, who you bringing over to the house that ain't daddy, they got one eye open and know more that's going on than what you really think they do. Boy, but these are the things you're instilling. These are the things you're instilling in the child at a young age, and you don't really have cognizance of what you're doing. You live in this, and you don't know what's really going on on the outside. So, let's fast forward a few years. Mm -hmm. Now, mommy's moved on, daddy's moved on. And I'm between two families. I got mom over here with this guy of the week. And daddy's over here saving. Same woman I've known for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Now, my mom telling me, but that ain't shit. He abandoned us. He's Got a new family. He don't care about us. Mm-hmm. Dad is over here saying, son, have fun. Enjoy yourself. Mi casa, su casa. you have any questions, let me know. Like, like my man Mufasa say, everything the son can touch is your kingdom. Everything in this house, your kingdom. So now, this kid is confused. I know what my mama telling me. I know what I see. My daddy never said anything bad about my mama. But my dad makes it about me. What should we do for this young kid, for this young boy? That's a lot, and but it's common that that happens. And as the kid grows older, the kid will be able to distinguish a lot. And he's almost like in a tug of war. He was like, you know, mama's over here. She's telling me this, but I feel so much at peace over here and this consistency over here. There's not drama over here. And I feel welcome. I feel love. I feel like, I feel like this is home. 
But mama tells me that it can't be home because of these negative things. So you 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 playing with a young man's mind that's still very impressionable. And a lot of times when they come of age and they actually are able to assess everything, you may make that young man, when he becomes an adult, adult be very vindictive towards the other parent. Mm-hmm. And it will end up driving a wedge in your relationship. It's almost like a boomerang or a reverse effect. You was trying to drive a wedge into, with that parent's relationship with the kid. And when the kid gets older, that kid may actually, what you did may drive a wedge between your relationship. He's closer to the other parent that you tried to destroy, basically, and, you know, cause him to not even want to deal with you, talk to him on the phone, because all he thinks of you is being negative. Yeah, absolutely. So, right there, there's an opportunity to be disassociated. Because remember, he's conflicted. Yeah. So the best thing he can do is remove himself from it mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. So as he becoming an adult, I don't believe he will have any connection. Because the time that it started, That's when he it paused. His maturation paused right there. Stand by. Mm-hmm. We have another caller. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. This is a very important and interesting subject that you are discussing this evening. Men should be allowed to be emotional and boys. It's natural. It's a part of us. It is unfortunate that so many young women don't understand there's life and death in the tongue. And downgrading the father is not going to bring any progress. It could, in actuality, have a negative boomerang effect eventually. Don't send that negativity out into the universe. Speak life. When I was coming up, I was raised with, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Why does it seem that so hard to maintain that thought, that premise, if you don't say anything nice to say, if you don't say anything? Why do we feel every comment requires a rebuttal? Now, that's an argument start. So, when you say, when you can't say anything nice, I'm going to defend that. 
I'm going to defend that negative. And if I don't defend it, he's off. We're still talking about this baby mama here now. Exactly. So what's the value in speaking negatively? It's it's a waste. Speak live, speak positive. Or just say, you know, just keep your mouth closed. You know, allow the young man the space to formulate his own idea about his dad, about his father. He has a brain. He's going to allow him the space to come to his own conclusions about his father. Mm. We need more unity in the community. As you were saying earlier, many of the young fathers don't know how to be a father. Same thing with many of these young mothers. We've gotten Mm -hmm. away from a lot of golden rules, such as do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. That's very true. So from a female standpoint, What should this young boy do? Mom, tell me one thing. I see something else in dad. He's conflicted. What would be your advice to him? Actions speak louder than words. The love, the acceptance that you're feeling from your dad, that's what is real. The words coming out, the negative words coming out of your mom's mouth about your dad is hot air. She's venting her frustrations because things didn't work out the way she wanted them to. Hmm. Okay. Now, We all know that the mother plays an important role in a boy developing as well. Not just the father, but the mother as well. How would you co-parent, same however it may be, so that the betterment of this child is better psychologically, physically, spiritually, emotionally, So this kid will be balanced. Because clearly, daddy is young. He don't know how to be a father. That's why he's telling him, man up, stop acting like a sissy, and all this kind of stuff. But as a mother, you step in, you say what? I love you. You're my son. You are allowed to feel your emotions and within certain parameters, uh, certain times, certain places, you are allowed to express yourself. Uh, You might have had a bad day at school. Yeah, you might have to keep things under control there. But when you get home, if you feel like you want to 
it, if it if, if it helps you to cry a river of tears, let it you know come home and and be yourself. Uh, your home is your castle, and um, it is scientifically proven that tears are helpful. They wash away harmful chemicals in the body. So why should why shouldn't the male be allowed, be it a child, a boy, a young man, grown man, old man. Why shouldn't they be allowed to cry? Why should it be frowned upon? It's natural. Be free. Be yourself. Mm. Thank you. Let me ask Martin My pleasure being on the show. What do you think about that? I definitely enjoy all of her comments. Um, and I agree. Um, you know, going back to the fact what she said, that everybody should be allowed to express themselves. And as I said earlier, the time and place on when to do it. Um, but the best thing is that when you get home. And I think the key is if they have a place where they feel comfortable peace, the environment is of that, of this nature where they feel okay to express themselves emotionally. That should be like their home base. You know, no matter where you're at, you can, you know, there may be wherever you are, you may have to control the emotions, hold them in. But if you can get to home base, which hopefully is your home, you know, some people may not have a peaceful home to go to that can express that, but hopefully you do have a home that you can go home to and you can express that emotion, whether it is crying, uh, whatever positive way, you know, maybe it's putting some boxing gloves on and punching the punching bag, you know, however you express that emotion to get it out, uh, that is a great thing to be able to do because it helps you mentally, it helps you focus, it helps a lot of things. Otherwise, you are going to allow your emotions to control you rather than control your emotions when you have that bottle up inside of you. And that's why I think it's so important for a young kid to a young kid, young man, adult man to express their emotion. Because if you bottle it up, you are going to let it go. It just depends on what nature and factor faction you let it go. That either going to cause you some detriment or harm in the future. And that's what you really want to prevent because you already looked at, you know, as being a black man, you already looked at negatively as very angry, very this, very that. I mean, perception, news, they portray that of us. You know, any little bit of anger or an expression of emotion that's very rough, hard, or aggressive, they're going to think you're trying to hurt somebody or kill somebody. All because... This young man now, he's an adult. He never got to cry it out when he was a kid. He has his emotional outbreak in public, and it leads him to getting tased or arrested or anything of that nature. And that's what you want to prevent from them having to experience in the future. Well, wow. Right. Let's take a few seconds. Let's, uh, as I say, pay a bill, and we will resume here shortly. From the streets to the pulpit, is sponsored in part by Lumberjack Hair Co. Our products are high quality and all natural to give you the best results 
when it comes to beard and hair care. Lumberjack, for the men building culture around masculinity. Visit the website at www.lumberjackhairco.com. So we're back. We have another caller. One four three nine. How was going on, everybody? How's it going? How are you? I'm good, man. So, what's the topic of tonight? Sounds very interesting. <laughs> Who says a man can't or shouldn't be emotional? Mm. We're trying to. Mm. Teach these boys through boyhood to reach manhood where they're secure, confident, and balanced. That's a, that's a bad boy because as I as I heard that sister say everything that I agree with, I was raised in a house full of women. And it was just like being around men for the most part. You know, I think us as, as our culture, and I think our mothers and our grandmothers raised us this way because they knew society wasn't going to give us nothing and be extra hard on us where we aren't allowed, just like you said earlier, we aren't allowed to cry. We aren't allowed to show emotion. We have to bottle all that up. And then they, at that bad point of time, which is always at school, we blow up. So, just like the twin said, the time and place, but like the sister said, go to your sanctuary, reset, get back out into the world, and conquer it. Those should be the lessons that we teach. You agree? We agree, but we don't. We're, we're not taught those. I mean, hopefully, I, I, I'm just not learning how to teach that. And for a lot of young, young, young people, white, black, there is no, no, all color. There is no sanctuary. Hmm. So what the hell are you paying the mortgage for? I'm, I'm not talking about my house. I'm talking about for a lot of kids that are out here. Which so am I. If you can't, if you can't express yourself at home, where can you? Because if not, you're going to explode at the wrong person at the wrong time. All because they got your time wrong. Yeah, and as adults. And when we reflect, there was always that kid. And sometimes it might even be us. All the teacher would say is, "Hey, do this." So if somebody's and that kid, that person, he or she, would lose their mind and flip out and get mad and confrontational, not gonna listen. And you know, we as young kids, we're not understanding that person. That per that person didn't have a sanctuary. And all those same emotions we're talking about bottled up exploded at that time. Mm. Mm. I can dig that So this kid that you know 
who you know is just displaced anger. How do you help him? He's not a bad kid. Just displaced anger. Well, for one, you have to be extremely patient and understand that this kid is going to have plenty of bumps in the road and not turn your back on this kid. Two, you got to talk to this kid continuously. And three, which is hard because you don't want to come off soft, but at the same time, you still got to be firm. You got to show he or she a lot of love. Soft at whose eyes? I'm doing, doing some things at once. I'm talking to you. I ain't eating. Hold on one second. Here. So, I'm going to ask my brother, my twin, what is soft? I think society is kind of made uh I guess a topic or a definition on what soft is. Um, I think personally, I think a lot of times when a young man has that pinch of anger, sometimes all they want is to be loved. I mean, there's a lot of, I've known uh, one of my friends who used to work in the foster care system. And sometimes he'd be like, man, there's so many kids in there. He's like, all they want is to be loved. He's like, they got anger issues. They're acting out. They're, Doing certain things, but mm-hmm. all that doing that is just for attention because they really just want somebody to love them. Um, I don't yeah. think it would be soft for a grown man to show another man love just because he's trying to help them get somewhere. And sometimes showing that love to them shows that you're genuine. You ain't coming trying to to buy them, not trying to get anything out of them. You're just trying to be there. And say, I'm genuine, I'm here. And I'm here just really to help you because I want to help you be a better you and let you know there's a better and different way on how to express yourself that's not going to put you in jeopardy, your family in jeopardy, or anybody else in jeopardy for that standpoint. Love that. Now, real quick, we're going to introduce Pastor to the line. Hello to everybody. Greetings, sir. How are you? Hey, how you doing? What's going on, Pastor? I've enjoyed listening to um, what everybody had to say. I I think everybody's just dead on it. Um, And I guess, you know, I don't really know where to start, uh, to be honest with you, because everybody's touched this thing. But I I guess I want to start by just asking the question, you know, when did we start following the world standards? You know, when did we allow the world to define what's soft and what's gentle, what's humble and what's, you know, when did, when did we allow the world to define that? And, and, and you know, uh, that that's, I guess, my first question, because if we let, we're allowing the world to define, you know, how we live our lives and things of that nature, we're going to continue to have these problems. 
But, you know, this kid that, you, that you're talking about, um, you know, I, I, I have been that kid. Uh, and in some instances, I'm still that kid. Um, I've got a father that, you know, hooked up at, you know, four or five years old. And, and you know, I'm older now. This cat's been going a long time. And he'll be in town tomorrow for the next month. And uh, so y'all still talking about this kid, you know. But now here's the thing. Um, and, and, again, I'm giving you things from my perspective. I'll respect what everybody else has to say. And actually, in some, you know, instances, agree with what uh, has been said. But when it comes to crying, man, I mean, I don't mean any harm, but, you know, I got a vehicle out there in the yard, and it, it's got on there, I don't know, 100 miles an hour, 120 miles an hour. I don't know what's on there or whatever. But if it's on there, then I believe it'll get up to that 120 because it's on there. Um, anything on that thing, if it says flip for the windshield wipers, I believe they're going to come on. Whatever, whatever. In other words, everything in that car, you know, uh, I use it. I use it at some point. But for whatever reason, God gave us tear ducts. We act like it's a sin to use them. I mean, God didn't give them to you for no reason. He gave them to you because that's an outlet. That will keep me from going, well, at least it will keep me from going, you know, farther with it. And, you know, I agree that we should have a sanctuary. We should have a crying place. But for me as a grown man, I can't always get to my spot. So I, so I got I to gotta, I gotta allow my emotions to flow you know, sometimes when I don't want them to flow, you know, and, and so that's what I mean about allowing the world to define my standards. I'm not soft if I, if I cry, because again, from my perspective, the Bible tells me again uh, that Jesus wept. So now, if Jesus cried, I think it's all right for me to shed a few, you know. And so I'm going to teach my kids. I have three boys and a daughter, but I teach, teach them it's all right to cry. I'm scared of you if you don't cry. But I'm going to uh, 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 stop you from crying at some point because whatever you're crying about should release whatever's on the inside of you. And now you got to come up with, you know, some type of solution, you know, to stop the reason why you're crying. You know, so I teach them it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. But don't you let anybody control your tears. Don't do that. Don't let anybody control your tears because pain will make you cry. Death will make you cry. Um, And sometimes it comes out in anger. Sometimes it comes out in, you know, cussing. And sometimes it comes out in throwing hands. But I just believe it's all right for a man to cry. I really do believe that. It's not about him being soft or gentle or whatever. I think it's a sign of uh, manhood. I think it's... um, a show of humility, if you will. Now, I'm not talking about cry because I'm being mistreated and, you know, and all of that, you know, and that's a whole other thing right there. You know, some kids would stop crying if we would stop lying to them. We need to tell our kids, listen, Mm. life's not fair. You're going to be mistreated. They're going to dog you out from time to time. So whenever it happens to them, they're not shocked because now my, my pops has told me, that I'm going to get knocked down sometime. But he told me once I get knocked down to get back up. Get back up. Do the best I can. And then if you can't figure it out, let's get together, me and you, 
and we're going to tackle this thing together because you're never in anything by yourself. So we got to stop giving the, the our kids this false sense of hope. Now, uh, uh, they're going to always treat you right. You're just as equal as everybody else. Well, you're supposed to be, but that's just not the way it is. So when you see that it's not that way, you don't have to cry about it, you know, but you're no less than anyone either. So, again, man, I've enjoyed this yep. um, this this thing, man. This has been a blessing to me. Uh, the sister that came on, I applaud her. I really applaud her because uh, she put it right where it needed to be because there was a time and a standard whenever um, husband and wife were sitting there, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking. There wasn't a lot of kid in the room. But if it was just a mother and that kid, I don't care what that man did, that kid, that wife would never say one harm word about that man around that child. You would say, that's still your daddy. That's still your daddy. You respect him as your daddy. And and we've lost that. And now the woman has to come out. And when you got to down somebody else to make you look good, you got a problem yourself. You're a parent, but you're not an adult. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you this, Pastor. Yes, sir. When I was young, I cried. <laughs> you better head for the hills. Mm-hmm. It's going down. And I, I'm going to introduce this next caller because he can attest to that. 3413, welcome to the line. Well, hi there. How are you? How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. Well, um, I got the subject matter. I was uh, given a text about the subject matter, and I have to say uh, that um, everybody, you know, what I've heard so far is dead on, but a lot of times we don't look at it um, with the perception that um, as much as we think we don't wear masks, uh, we've, we've pretty much nurtured a whole how many other generations to wear, especially males, to wear a mask that they cannot show emotions, especially especially crying, um, because that would make them uh, seem soft. And, you know, I can attest to growing up uh, with, you know, us as children, you know, we didn't have a very emotional uh, family, and when we did see emotion, it was it was just like you said it was. It was a problem in the earth. It was going down. Somebody was about to get cut, beat, stabbed, something. Somebody about to get shot. It was a real situation. But um, if we had been taught differently um, about being, you know, uh, free with our emotions. Um, Things uh, a lot of things probably could have been detoured or handled in a different way, um, but nevertheless, you know, as we grow older and we mature, um, we learn how to properly uh, put our you know emotions and learn how to uh, use our coping mechanisms. And crying is a coping mechanism. What it really does is it keeps you from keeping things on the inside to keep you from exploding. Or uh, you know, it's like it's almost like a like a break release for your brain. I'm emotional. I'm upset. Whatever that emotion is, and at this particular time, it's sending the signal that 
uh, you might shed some tears. And, you know, if you continue to keep those things bottled up inside, it can, it creates not, you know, just mental issues but also health issues. Um, and it's very unfortunate that our society looks at things that way and then they look at it on the other end. If you cry, you know, you you you, you got too much femininity in you. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. Um, it has nothing to do with that. All of us, male and female, have the propensity to shed tears. And if males were not supposed to shed te- tears, then, uh, like the caller before me said, then God would not have provided them with that outlet. So I believe wholeheartedly that um, we have to learn how to defy the status quo and the culture that is set before us that says that there is an issue with males uh, being able to show emotion um, or either crying or whatever that may be. So I just wanted to call in and just um, and just share that with you guys. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I love you. All I can say is I love you. Too. I love you, too. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much. Now, before you speak, Pastor, I will let y'all know that that is my cousin, who is my sister. So she's seen the tears. She's seen the growth. She's heard the stories. And we've all sat there and cried because we all we had because of the, the parental disconnect with the emotions. We wasn't that family that received the I love you's, the hugs, the it's going to be okay. We was that family that was like, straighten your face up, I'll give you something to cry for. <laughs> so here we are right now trying to teach our youth that it is okay to cry. Teach our young fathers that, listen, let him cry. Teach him. Spend time with him. So he'll understand how it is to become a man. So, L, thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all be blessed. You as well. Well, I think every family has to do, I mean, you know, they have a um, a right to, you know, to, to to rear their children, you know, as, as as the way that they see fit. And that's what I meant earlier about the standard. I can't sit here and tell you that uh, the way you were raised was wrong, you know, and the way that I was raised was was right, but I can say that according to God's standards, um, we didn't get what we needed. I'll put it like that. We just did not get what we needed. Me or you? I, I wasn't raised up in a, you know, to this day, uh, my mom still struggles with me hugging her. She just does not touchy feely family, and you know, I don't know how in the world they was able to produce all these babies and won't touch each other, but they figured something out, I guess. But nonetheless, 
Um, you know, I think we just got to get back to <laughs> get back to the way God intended for that thing to be, man. We've got to. That's a big word, man. It's not a big word, but I say it is. We need to affirm our children. We need to affirm them while they're children. They they need to know who mommy is, who daddy is, what daddy's role is, who mom is, what mommy's role is, and mommy and daddy. Even if they're not in the house together, they still need to sit down and agree, um, you know, uh, on what's best for that child. You know, mom and daddy need to define, understand, and respect their role in that child's life. You know, we're going to rear him. Yes, you know, it would be great if we were in the house together, but even if we're not, you know what, we're not going to be at odds about this. I have a role in his life. You have a role in his life. And ultimately, we're going to get him him or her where they need to be. And so if we affirm that child, give that child what they're, they're, they, they, they need, then oftentimes, you know, um, first of all, that child won't cry as much because they feel valued. They feel loved. But when they do cry, you know, there's a way that they'll do it. There's a way that they'll do it. And so I think that part of our problem is, again, the way that we're doing this thing. In other words, the, the, the child is crying, but he's crying for more than what just happened to him. He's crying because he don't know what to do. He's crying because, uh, you know, he hasn't been taught how to handle the issue that's just been dealt to him. And so I think that, we, again, we need to affirm our children. We need to let our kids know, listen, let me tell you something. You are loved. You, there's nobody better than you. You can do anything and all things. You got a house. You'll never go without. You're just as intelligent as anybody else. You're going to reach your destiny. You know, don't let them be arrogant, but don't let them be walk around with low self-esteem either. And then that way, when they get knocked down at school, they know, you know what, I got a house I can go to. I got a mama and a daddy that I can call. So the tears will be probably far and few between but there still needs to be tears. So I don't have the answers, man. I just have what the Word of God says in, in my own experience. Mm. Let's put a pin right there. Stand by. We'll resume in 30 seconds. You're listening to From the Streets to the Pulpit. Feel free to call in at 1-929-477-2978. Again, that's 1-929-477-2978. And feel free to follow us from the streets to the pulpit on Facebook and Instagram. So, Pastor, when you have a kid that comes to you from the congregation, he don't want to go home because there's a state of confusion. How do you handle this kid? He's very fragile, might I add. Well, the first thing I do, man, to be honest with you, 
is I listen to everything they've got to say. I don't offer any advice. I don't give my opinion. I don't address anything. I listen to everything they've got to say. And then when they get everything out of them, usually it comes with tears. And at the end of that, the first thing I'm going to do after that is I'm just going to embrace them. I'm going to hold them. I'm going to let them know, listen, it took bravery, it took guts for you to tell me what you just told me. And I want you to understand, I'm not your mom or your dad, not trying to take their place, not trying to make an excuse for either one of them, but I do want you to know that you are loved. I want you to know, first of all, that God loves you, and I want you to know that I love you. I love you. I want you to know that I appreciate you having enough trust and confidence to come to me with an issue like this. And I will quickly tell them, you know, I don't have all the answers, but you have a confidence right here in me. Now, what is it that you're looking for? I heard your problem, your issue, but what is it you're looking for? Tell me how you would fix this thing. And then I want to see where they are because sometimes what they're asking for is selfish. Sometimes what they're asking for is something that um, their parents are not willing to give them, you know. So I need to listen to them. I need to hear everything they've got to say. The last thing they need from me is uh, another bad adult giving them bad advice. And so I listen to them. I hug them. Listen, quick, one of the things that I just heard you and your sister just talk about, and, again, I'm not saying you guys were raised improperly or, or nor myself, but the very things that you guys didn't get is the very things that you need. Man, let me tell you something. There's nothing like an embrace. There's nothing like even shaking another brother's hand, a nice firm handshake, looking that brother in the eye. It's almost like saying, I got you. I, I got you. I know I know it's hard on you right now, but I got you. There's something about that, man. There's something about that. When that baby was in the mother's womb, they were that baby was close to that mother. When that baby came out for the first year or so, the mother and the father embraced that kid, held that kid, made sure that kid didn't fall, made sure that kid had everything. Then all of a sudden now that kid's thrown to the wolves. That embrace still works, man. It still works. And sometimes we just need to, you know, just shut up sometimes and just hold them and say, I love you. You're valuable. Even when you messed up, yeah, you messed up, but you know what? I still love you. I still love you. You know, that great that great preacher by the name of Tupac, he talked about <laughs> in one of his one of his songs, he talked about his mother hugged him from a jail cell. You know, that spoke volumes to me, man, because it's like, you know what? Even in a jail cell, he could appreciate his mother's love. You know, and that's what I'm saying, man. We gotta love these kids back to life. And after we listen to them, okay. Now let's strategically put them on the right path to healing, you know. And if that means, you know, um, accepting the truth and the reality that, for instance, in my case, your dad ain't coming back. They ain't just you cry all day long. That's why he's not coming back. So you, you know, I'm not gonna tell you not to cry, but he's not coming back. So what we got to do is we've got to make sure that that need in your life is taken care of. Can't replace him, but we can make sure that you get what you need in that area. So, again, I think it starts with um, 
listening and then an embrace and then, you know, sitting down and, 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 and formulating a plan, man, as to where we're going with this thing, what we're trying to accomplish. That sounds like a great plan to me. We're going to ask the twin. You know, he's mentor-type brother. Let's see what he has to say. How would you handle that, my brother? Um, I like what Pastor said. I mean, it's is one of those things where when a person who has been shut off emotionally and not have been able to not have the ability or the space uh, to be able to really express themselves, they just want somebody to listen and they just want to be heard. And then once they feel like they're heard, they're more able to accept and receive uh, what the person is saying because now they have given all they can give, and now they're at a point where they're almost weak, emotionally because they've exerted so much that they've had pent up, that now you have the ability to restore, replenish that young man with the knowledge and the direction that he needs and the pathway on how to handle things from here on out. I mean, even when I was young, you know, my father was the one. He he always believed in the scripture, be quick to hear and slow to speak. He will listen to me, won't say a word. I can be telling him everything, ask him a question, and then he'll tell me, come back to me, and i give you my answer. He would never answer me right then and there. But it was always that I knew he heard me. And I appreciated the fact that he was even taking the time to truly think about what I was asking him and what I was telling him before he actually gave me an answer. Um, To me, I felt special because I was like, okay, it's not something he's just trying to shoot me off or push me along. Is that he really want to make sure when he answers me, he gives me the best answer that he can give. and, And he always gave an explanation with it of why he answered the way he did. Um, so it was one of those things. When I had my moment, that that's what I would do, is almost take from him and really just take the time, listen, and then be able to give my feedback and be able to just instill, impart, and grow in that. And I appreciate my father and my mom because they both made the home environment as such that you were okay and you felt comfortable expressing yourself. Um, in the home, whether you needed to cry, whether you had something you just wanted to talk about, they didn't make you feel shame to come to them with anything that may be going on that you may have questions about. They always were very open, and they sat down with you and talked with you about that. And I appreciate that part. So that's how I grew up, being able to express myself. So that's what I would kind of impart into any young man that I speak with is mostly let me listen to you because you may not have had that space, and then after I've listened to you, let me kind of help you and uh, instill back into you some things. Hey, is that by chance? Wow. Is that by that brother that just spoke? Is that Ray? Of course. That's my dude right there, man. I, hey, man, I, I don't mean no harm, man. I hate you, man, because I want your daddy. I want, I want, <laughs> I want your parents to be, you know, <laughs> you get. You got a brother over here crying right now. Like, that's what I wanted, man. But, you know, I'm glad. 
I'm glad you're real like that because we need to understand that, you know, um, you know, there's different pe- people handle things different ways. You know, Quick talked about how he was raised up. You know, uh, you know, in, in his household, you know, there just wasn't going to be tears unless there was some smoke in the city. In my household, it wasn't going to be any affection. You know, and it was going to be single parent. And in Ray's house, you know, it was he was raised up with a strong mother, strong father. They gave him what he needed, and so we got to make sure that we understand. Okay, if I'm addressing a kid, um, I just can't take Ray's uh, information and say, "Well, listen, your mom and dad should have gave you this and gave you that." Well, this little kid was raised up in a single parent household where they cuss and spit on each other. You know, I can't talk about the Ray aspect right now. I gotta deal with him where he is. Because if I tell him about how Ray had his how Ray's life was, you know, he's going to say, man, God, I missed out on everything. I'm just going to shoot myself in the head. <laughs> right. You know, so we we got we got to make sure we meet people, you know, meet people where they are, where they are. and then take them where they need to be. You know, a cab driver doesn't say, well, you come over here where I am, get in here, then I'll take you. No, they come, they come right the way you are. And that's what we got to do, man. Listen to these kids, man. They got some stories. They got some stories, man, and 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 um, they're a product of their environment a lot of times. But um, I just don't believe any kid is lost. I just believe that we just haven't taken the time to find them. And if we take that time out, um, I'm just a firm believer in the Bible, and I respect anybody that believes the Quran or any other writing. I've read a lot of them, probably most of them. And there's truth in all of them. You know, I choose to believe the Bible. And the Bible teaches me that love covers a multitude of sin. In other words, you can hate my guts, but if I keep loving you long enough, I may win you over. You know, you may be in a bad situation but and feel bad for yourself, but if I keep telling you, listen, I got you, I'm here for you, I'll take care of you, God hasn't forgotten you. At some point, man, I've seen people that come in with their fist balled up and just the fact that they were shown some love, I seen their hand open up. And and, and I I just really believe that that's one of the missing entities, man. We don't we don't love, man. We just don't love, you know, and if you you love, not only show that you love, but tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's nothing wrong with quick telling his sons that I love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's something wrong if he don't tell them. You know, I got older I kids now, man. I, and I still tell them, listen, dude, I, I know how old you are, but, hey, man, love you. And they go say it back, you know. They go say it back. And it is what it is. I don't care if they're standing there with a little girl or whatever. Look, dude, you get ready to leave my presence. Love you, man. Love you. All right, Pop, love you too. And we good then, man. So I don't know. I'm just a strong believer in love and then going out and showing that love by listening to these kids. Uh, because, again, it's heartbreaking, man, to see a kid out there uh, afraid to cry or crying and not knowing how to stop or, you know, crying and taking it out a whole nother way. You know, so great topic tonight. I think one of the things that I love to say is, Love done right 
can heal anything. You can heal all things. And that's exactly what you just said, Pastor. Same thing you said, Twain. Love. Love can help you forget all those bad memories. Love can also help you forgive all those bad experiences. Love will give you the strength to keep moving, to keep being productive, to keep progressing. Carrying the luggage and not the baggage. I think that's what love can do. Where you at? I'm right here, and I, and I wish you love is love is powerful. I think people undervalue it. Um, you just don't know how loving someone can change their whole mindset on many things. They could have grew up in a, a household where there was no love, and to experience that could change them around to teach them how to be able to love somebody and how good it could feel. It could inspire them, encourage them to reach their goals and their dreams that they never thought could be possible because their mindset was always fixated that this is always the best I could do because this is what mama said. I'm going to be like daddy. Daddy didn't do nothing. So why should I try? But if they ever find someone that truly loves them and instill that positivity in them, the skies truly can be the limit. And like you said, it could erase all the bad that they may have grew up around in, all the negativity they grew up around in, and it can give them that focus to get on the pathway. That can be amazing. And 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 I appreciate my parents for that. Like I said, they, they truly love my brother and I. They showed it. Uh, my father showed it. He will hug me in public. I remember when he dropped me off to college, he wrapped his arms around me and hugged me and said, love you, son. I said, love you, Tupac. I kind of felt embarrassed a little bit. I'm like, my dad really hugging me outside of college. But I felt honored that my dad felt that comfortable and, and loved me that way, you know. So it made me feel honored and privileged that, that my father was even one there dropping me off at college and proud of me. Um, and, you know, the genuine love that he he provided to me, you know, that love and support and encouragement helped me get through college, helped me, you know, move forward to other dreams and goals that I've achieved. You know, it's the love and support that I think a lot of young men just truly want. And a lot of young men act out because they really just want that love. And half the time they're acting out for that attention that they never got when they were a child. You know, a lot of times with kids, if they start crying, a parent will just, Huh, take your video game or go in your room, play your video game. You know, they shun them off rather than sitting down and have a conversation with them. And I think we've allowed a lot of electronics to do a lot of the teaching or getting your kid out of my way so I can do whatever I want to do. And all they do is bottle their emotions up, put it into a video game, but they're still really not handling and dealing with the issue. So I think one theme I think we've talked about a lot today is priority. What is your priority? At that time, if your child or the kid is crying, what's more important, taking care of them 
or just throwing a video game or electronic at them and letting them try to figure out on their own. So it sounds like you're confirming what Pastor just said, affirming these kids. Yes. Yes. Before we introduce our next caller, I'm going to tell both of y'all, I love y'all. Next caller, how are you? Hi, how you doing? We're well. I, like, got out of gangs because of you. I always looked up to you as a little kid. I love you, Hulk. You mean so much to me. You mean so much to me. He's he's inspired me so much in my life to do the best that I can and be the best person I could possibly be. He's affected my life, and nothing negative has come from him. That was very nice. I'm sorry? So that was very nice. Thank you. Thank you. What I love about that brother call, regardless of his past, the strength that it took to be in that past, mm-hmm. he still was strong enough to say, I love you. Yes. It's, it, it is you, my very, very hard, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. You as well. Man, we need to rechange it. We need to rename this. We're going to rename it to I Love You, man. That's such a. I think we need to literally just. I think we just really need to set aside a day. I know it should become part of our lifestyle. I understand that, but you know, you you don't, you know, <laughs> it, it, it can start with just a day, you know, to where we just purposely go out of our way and tell people. I'm not talking about tell people how you feel if you feel. You know, I don't just walk up to nobody and say, you know, I, I feel like killing you right now. I'm not talking about that, but for the people that you really do love. You know what? Express it. Express it in the shop. Express it, you know, um, on the job or wherever. You know, unfortunately, the one place where the word love is used the most is the place where it is expressed the least, and that's the church house. Yeah. It's not uncommon for you yeah. to hear the word love a thousand times on Sunday, but yet and still, as soon as uh, Sister Microphone starts singing, Sister Tambourine can't stand her guts, and then brothers looking under both of them's dress, and they're looking at me, and you know, it's, and they can't part beside each other, they can't speak to each other, but they all said, "I love my brother, I love my sister," you know, and, and things of that nature. So I think we should just literally have a, just a a day of love, man. Where, you know what? Quick, I don't mean no harm, man, but brother, I know some things are just business, but. You know what? If I keep coming to you and I sit in your chair for five years, I should be more than just your client. You should be able to tell me that you love me. Not all the time, not every day, but every now and then. I need to hear that, man, because like the brother just said, they called me. And you know what? Um, he talked about somebody that helped him out and everything. He said, I love you for that. You never know, man, 
um, how far that word I love you can carry you. I mean, look, I got a son in college. He's, I don't know, he's many, many miles away from me. And I can't see him, but I can hear him, and I make sure that I tell him every night, you know, hey, man, I love you. You know, and, brother, that, that lifts him up some days. And guess what? It lifts me up some days. And I think, you know, that I'm I'm going I'm going to take on the challenge and I challenge you guys just you know what I joke around with Ray about his mom and dad even though you know uh that's the way I would like for it to have been in my life but at the same time I've never met Ray but being on the line with him hearing his comments hearing his sincerity and his concern hearing things that he's done for children I can honestly say I love this brother, and I don't mind telling him that I love him. And so being on here with Quick, you know, knowing a little about his background, knowing, you know, a little about his dream and, 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 and his destiny and his drive and, you know, a little about his family, I can say to him, you know what, I love you. I love you, brother. You know, there's no strings attached. There's, there's nothing. And I'm telling you, man, love, that, that word right there, I mean, it can, it can make folk man just, that hate, they just turn around because they don't know how to handle it. I mean, it's almost like a dog chasing a car. If you ever saw a dog chasing a car, he'll chase that car, but if that car stops, the dog just stops and looks like, hold oh, up, wait a minute. I was chasing him because we, we're enemies, but he stopped. Okay, hold up, we're no longer enemies. He don't bark, he just stand there and look like, I don't know what to do. And that's what happens when we share love with somebody. It stops them in that track. They're like, whoa. Hold up, hold up. What's, 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 what am I feeling? What am I feeling? Oh man, what's going you, on? Um, yeah, man, it's just love, peace, man. Is uh, love is under the building, brothers. Love is under the building. There's nothing yeah. funny about it. Nothing gay about it. Nothing. You know, it's not all even about that. Oh man, I'll hug my gay brothers and sisters and tell them right quick. Hey, I love you. I love you. We, we may not agree with what you're doing, but I love you, and I got your back. I got your back. You know? Caller, 1677. You're live. Yes. Hi. I just felt the need to call back and comment again. Um, the show is awesome. It's amazing. It is beautiful. Unfortunately, there are too many households to where we're not allowed to be emotional or tell one another, I love you. I was 40 years old before I felt the freedom to say to anyone, um, mom, dad, aunt, cousin, I love you, I love you, I love you. The word tells us. Uh, the Bible commands us to love one another, and we, you know, we should be able to love one another without obstacles. You know, don't worry about what the other person doing in their personal time. We're supposed to love one another, and that's how we can honor God. He loves us. He loved us before we even knew us, and He commands us to love one another. Um, we all know this world would be a better place if we got rid of the, um, oh, my, my brain, the uh, hatred, the discrimination, and just loved one another. Thank you so much. 
I'm sorry. I got to say something. I I am so blessed by you. I am so blessed by you, Um, not because we're speaking the same language, but, you know, love is universal, man. Let me tell you what the Bible says, something amazing. You know, the Bible said God is love. One of the things that, that we don't understand is when we do introduce love into the equation, what we've done is we've introduced God to the equation. That's exactly what we've done, man. We've we've expressed a little bit of God to somebody without even saying God, without even saying John 3.16. You know, when I say I love you, now God is involved. Why? Because he's love. He's love, man. Amen. And this is to say, you know what, I uh, wasn't allowed to say this at 40 years old. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you're married, single, I don't know who your mom and dad is, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know where you're from, but sister, let me tell you something. I love you, and I love you for who you are. I love you for your comments. I love you for your sincerity. I love you for your openness and your honesty, and I love you that you're not afraid to uh, be transparent about the way it was for you because all you're doing is helping somebody that's in that same spot right now. And whoever's listening, don't wait until you get 40 years old to express it. You know, your mom and dad may not say it to you, but go ahead, try saying it to them. I guarantee Amen. you, either they're going to say it or you're going to see tears fall from their eyes. Amen. Amen. I'm in mm-hmm. 110% agreement. Amen. I'm speechless. But I can say, cuz I love you. I love you too. This show has sparked like a, a wildfire of love and emotion in men. That's the beauty of it. That goes back to it is okay for men to be emotional. It's okay for a man to express love. It is okay. Because thank you. That's all I can say. Thank you. But the pastor, you just said God is love. So the moment we introduce love to it, God was in the building. The moment we embraced each other, although through the phone lines, there was love. My twin know I love him. You know I love you. So the people who are listening, the brothers and sisters who are listening, know there's love. And I challenge each and every one of them to call somebody as soon as the show is over and tell them you love them. I'm not going to say call the person you haven't talked to in the longest time. I'm not going to challenge y'all that much. I'm going to challenge you to call someone and tell them you love them. And you may sleep the best sleep you've ever slept tonight. Mm-hmm. 
this show has made me a little uncomfortable. I'm not the most emotional dude. I ain't that guy that's going around hugging everybody and I really don't want you hugging me. But I'm going to accept Pastor's challenge. Tomorrow, I'm going to tell at least five people that I love them. And to put a little sauce on it, I'm going to hug them. Wow. That's for you, Pastor. Wow. Wow. Wow, brother, you, you're blessing me now. You 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 really blessed me now. You don't know the lives that you're going to change. You you don't know. People need to see a side of you that they haven't seen before. And for you to step out of your norm and to do this, man, you just don't know. There's somebody tomorrow. They they just they don't know. They've been set up for a blessing, and man, and you don't know what's going to become of this. And, you know, man, let me tell you, God is getting glory out of this because this is all he ever asked. You know, he never told you to go to church every day. He never told you to jump and shout and turn over the pews. Nothing wrong if you want to do all that. That's cool. He never told you to join a Baptist church, a Catholic church, or any of that. Nothing wrong with that. He said, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. But the one thing that he did do was tell us to love one another. That's the one thing that he did do. And if we, or when we start to do that, man, I'm telling you, um, <laughs> it's just this feeling that comes over you like nothing else. It's, it's just, just a feeling that comes over you like nothing else. Everything and everybody was created to be loved. They want to be loved. Secretly, they want to be loved. They'll leave one person and go to another person looking for love. They just want to be loved. God told Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. Why? You need somebody there to love you. You need somebody to share that love with. So quick, you've blessed me tonight, brother. You really have. And I'm I am, I'm proud of you. I'm very, very proud of you for, um, you know, for leading it. Because one thing about being a leader, whether it's a blog talk, radio, I don't care what it is, but never ask anybody to do what you're not willing to do yourself. And don't ever send somebody where you're not willing to go. If you're going to lead, you got to lead by example. And if you're going to issue the challenge, you got to be the first one to take the challenge. So, brother, I'm proud of you, man, for stepping up and stepping out of your comfort zone and um, and, and, and doing this. I'll, I'm praying for you, man, that you'll be able to handle the response that comes back because, wow, wow. Pastor, may I ask a question before you go? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. When I was coming up, I remember this song in church, this may be my last time, may be my last time, I don't know. And the reason for me bringing that up is to say, yes, it's now time that we start to tell one another we love each other because it may be the last time, last time we don't know. Yes, yes, you hit the nail on the head. Let me tell you all, 
a lot of what's going on in this world. We wonder why. We've been praying and praying, God, why don't you turn this thing around? But listen, maybe God hasn't turned it around because we're using the wrong ammunition. You know, uh, maybe what the world needs. See, the one way to fight against hatred and bigotry is with love. And if we stand up and love each other, and like the sister said, we don't need to do it one day. We need to do it now. Tomorrow's not promised. We need to do it now. It's always now. I don't care when you look at it. It's now. What I just said to you is several seconds old. It's now again. So, yes, let's just keep loving. And like she said, it this may be, could be the last time. And that's why, you know, I do it with my children. Okay, look, you know, my son was, you know, texting me while I was talking to you guys. And the thing that I let him know is, hey, man, you know, he let me know what's going on tomorrow. But the last words are, I love you. I love you. I love you. And, and and that's the way we have to leave this. This sister on this line, we may never hear from her again. She may never call in. Uh, if she called in, none of us may not be on here. Uh, God forbid if one of us lose our lives tonight. You know what? You can stand there and you can say, you know what? If nothing else, I know he loves me. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. So thank you for bringing that up. Wow. Y'all be blessed. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You too. Hold thoughts. Hold the line. We will resume in a little bit of time. Stand by. From the streets to the pulpit is sponsored in part by Q's Traditional Cuts, setting new standards to old traditions. Visit the talented professionals at Q's Traditional Cuts. That's www.qtraditionalcuts.com. What y'all don't realize, I had to wipe my eyes because these brothers and the sisters have um, activated those tear ducts that God has provided us with. And I thank you. It's easy for us to tell people we see daily, we interact with daily, that we love them. But it's the ones that we don't see. It's the ones that we don't hear from for a long period of time. That you must remind that you love them. And love reach millions upon millions of light years and beyond. Love can go beyond that. So, Pastor, you're going to turn this over to Ray because you know that brother's in touch with his emotions. Most definitely, and definitely want to say, definitely love you, Pastor. No, I love you, Twin, all day long, and I, I love the challenge that you started. You know, you see all these challenges on Twitter and Instagram. You know, it's, it's about time someone actually do start the love challenge. You know, make a love challenge for people to start. It can have that trickle-down effect because, as you say, sometimes telling somebody those simple words, I love you, could change their day, 
change their perspective and you just don't know how that may cause them to change just in general and how they view, you know, their household. You know, telling somebody you love them may actually bring love back into their household where they may feel so empowered. They may go home telling everybody they love them. And, yeah. you know, the household will be different, you know, and just that simple phrase, you just don't know, can make people's day, weekend, household, community turn all the way around. The You know, the saying goes, love conquers all. Love can conquer yeah. over anything. It just mm-hmm. takes a person to step out there to say it and to start it. And then watch it kind of just grow. Like I said, grow like wildfire, you know, and that's the hope and the goal with the challenge. You know, I, I love that. Do a love challenge. So brothers can be like, hey, find five people, tell them that you love them, and just see how that could change people's days, how that could just really, really, really cause a lot of mindsets to change and people's perspective to change just regarding their family and everybody all the way around. And, and I love that because what you want to do is leave a lasting impression. And I think telling somebody you love them leaves that impression, especially when they know it's genuine and it's coming from a good place with nothing to be received from it. But just say, hey, I want to tell you that I love you. And like I said, sometimes people may not even know how to react to that. They may look at you like, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. the more they think about it, it it'll change, you know, whatever may be going on. It could probably inspire them. It can encourage them. It can motivate them and make them feel something they probably never thought they could feel that. You know what? I feel so energized. and like, yeah, yeah. You know, somebody got my back. Somebody that generally loves and cares about me with no strings attached. Nothing that I have to do is just that they simply love me for just being me. And I think a lot of times people miss that point. Love them for just being them. And sometimes they'll, they'll change their lives just because you loving them was so genuine and important to them, they want to do better for themselves so that they can make you proud, even though you're not even asking for it. Sometimes they'll just do it because you love me. I'm looking up to you. You're inspiring me. You're encouraging me. And I'm doing getting my life together because I've seen you. I watched you. You supported me when I was low, and now you supported me while I'm up on top of the mountaintop. Pastor, um, I told you, I knew he had some balls. Oh yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna hurt his feelings in a little bit, but you know, yeah, you, oh, no. you're right. He has something. Yeah, I got something to hurt his feelings, man. Put something on his heart, man. <laughs> before you do that, oh my goodness! Before you do that, because you got to brace yourself. Let's introduce this next caller real quick, and then I'm gonna let you hurt his feelings. We're going to hashtag right. love challenge. Hashtag love challenge. Caller, you're, you're live. Hello? Hello? Hello, hey. Uh, I, I like how I got out of gangs because of you. I always looked up to you as a, as a kid. I love you, Hulk. You mean so much to me. You've inspired me so much in my life to do the best that I can. I'd be the best person I could possibly be. You've affected my life. And nothing has, negative has come because of Hulk Hogan. Amen. Amen. 
love for Hulk Hogan. Meanwhile, have to go ahead and hurt Ray's feelings. Nah, I just want to say, uh, you know, when I say I'm going to hurt his feelings, man, listen, um, you know, I laugh and joke with you. You wouldn't know me if you saw me, but um, I laugh and joke with you, man. But uh, I, I am, I'm just who I am. And I believe that, you know, before I got old and fat and all of that, um, I could look at a guy, and for the most part, I could tell you if that guy was a baller or not, because, you know, I had some serious game myself, so I could look at him and tell. Um, I've been told that uh, crackheads recognize one another. I've been told, he, in, in a nutshell, game recognizes game. And, brother, I don't know a whole lot about you, and it just may be your uh, the way you carry yourself or whatever, but uh, I'm going to say it like this because I don't have anywhere to put you. I'm saying it because it's in my spirit or whatever. But, man, you might want to check your calling, man. I mean, maybe you're in the right thing, doing the right thing, and that's great. But you, there is a an honesty and a humility about you. There is a, a proper upbringing about you that a lot of ministers don't have. And you can minister on a whole different level. I mean, just because you were brought up in – an awesome family or whatever. You got this genuineness about your the way you minister to people, about how you share the word. And I, you know, I just wanted to say that, man. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to put you in the pulpit or anything like that. But uh, there's some pretty heavy stuff that comes out of you from time to time. And I think that, um, you know, I don't, I don't want you to get comfortable where you are because maybe God has something, something else for you. I'm not going to say something better but something else for you. So I want you to think about that, man, and pray about that. Don't know what you do for a living, but uh, you no doubt have the gift of encouragement. And uh, however God decides to use that, that's on him. But I'm telling you, brother, you, man, I could use you now. (laughs) I appreciate it, Father. Thank you. Okay, all right. I'll leave that alone, man. <laughs> That's it. I'm finished quick. <laughs> well, you said enough. <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. Love, respect. Because you respect somebody, does that mean you love them? No, sir. Is showing respect is showing respect the same as showing love or displaying love? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Love stands no. on its own merit. <laughs> hmm. I've been living wrong all these years. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Man, whenever I respect you, that means, you know what, I may not agree with what you're saying, but you have the right to your opinion, and, and I'm going to honor that and go on. But if I really love you, I'm going to tell you, you know what, brother, I respect that you're going that way, but 
you know what? I love you enough to know you get ready to go over a cliff. You know, <laughs> if I love you, I'll stop you from going the right direct, the wrong direction. You know, love again, man. It stands on its own. It, there is love means there is um, um, there is nothing hidden. Love means there's no strings attached. Love is the one thing that don't require money. It doesn't require money. It it just stands on its own. You know, that's just the way that it is. You know, uh, love, there's no height to it, no depth to it, no, no there's no distance that can keep, you know, me from you. There's nothing that can make me stop feeling this way about you. You can change and go and do whatever you want to do, but I'm still going to love you. I may not like what you did, but I'll always love you. I'll always love you. And that's what differentiates love from just, Respect, just just respect. Respect is good, you know. <laughs> it's really good. We should respect one another. But I want you to notice that God didn't say when He left. He didn't say, "Now you guys make sure you respect one another." Now, no, He said, "You love one another. You love one another. You let it come out your mouth. You let it come out your life. You let it come out your wallet. You let it come out of whatever it's got to come out of. Whatever you do." You love one another. My sisters, whenever you cook, cook with love. My brothers, while you're at work, if you're cutting hair, cut it with love. If you're standing in a pulpit, preach with love. If you're mentoring young children, do it with love. I don't care what you're doing, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, men. You know what? When you're holding that woman, hold her with love. Treat her with love. If we did everything with love, man, I'm telling you, I am telling you, we would see our turnaround in this world. And there's some people that may not appreciate it. They may, they may not publicly admit that that's what's missing in their life. They may not know that. But love, man, it makes a difference. Love. <laughs> love. And that's what the whole Christian faith is, you know, is all about. It's just accepting that love. That's all there is to it, you know. So, you know, I'll leave all this alone, man, but I'm just, um, I get excited when I talk about this because, you know, when we talk about love, I'm I'm on an even, I'm on, a, I'm, a, I'm on the same plane as everyone else. I don't, you know, when you start talking about driving a Jaguar and a Maybach and all that, financially, I got to shut up a little bit because my stuff is real thin. But when you start talking about love, man, come on. <laughs> come on, man, we all got that. And we got to, you got enough to share. So I'm going to take my challenge up a little higher. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to accept Quick's challenge, but I'm going to, because I do pastor, I am going to challenge my church, both of them. I have pastor two churches, and I'm going to challenge both of them to uh, reach out to at least five people. You know, just as you said, I'm going to extend this challenge a little farther, man, and, and uh, you know, let's let's see where this thing's going to go, because... Um, that's power in this thing, man. You guys feel it too. You can't tell me you don't feel this. No, I will. I will be lying to you, and I will lie for you before I lie to you. I hear you. Man. When things happen in in your insides, 
get stirred up and and shaken. I'm a fairly intelligent brother. I'm, I'm an intellect of sorts. This is beyond that. This show yes, sir. goes beyond my intellect. Goes beyond my IQ. Because I know, I feel, and I never use that word. I believe, I think, there's a movement that's about to take place that started at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. That little boy who we were talking about, love is going to guide his steps. Love is going to cover him. The sister who was just on the line, who didn't express love until she was 40, love covered her. Up until that moment. And now she's taking it and displaying it and telling the world. The sister before then who called, which was her sister biologically, was talking about the tear ducts. Out of love and happiness. Stirred all that up. That's what love will do. You're going to laugh, Pastor. This is very simple. Not that you're simple. simple. Love will have family members call to support whom you haven't spoken to or seen in 10 years. So love. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you can understand that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. So sir. we're gonna leave out on a high note. We're going to leave with the love circulating and flowing through the waves. We're going to make sure that everyone's heart and mind is clear. And we're going to have Pastor take us home. Twin, your heart, mind clear? Heart and mind is clear. I love you, man. Love you too, Twin. Most definitely, yes, it is. I love you, man. Brother, I love you. My loved ones know and feel the love. So, Pastor, please, do what you do. Wow. Lord, first and foremost, I, after telling you I thank you, I, I just want to say, Lord, we, we love you. Um, we can't see you, 
but we feel you tonight like no other night. We know that you're real because uh, we're in different places, but you're touching each and every one of us. Your love has been has been released, and now that it's released, it's touching the hearts and minds of folk. God only knows far and wide, maybe even in other countries. We don't know. But I do know, God, that's the power of love. And I pray that tonight that someone that was walking around feeling unappreciated, feeling that uh, no one cared, that based off of what they heard tonight, that now that they understand that they are loved and it's okay to express love. Lord, thank you so much for this line. I'm not going to add anything to it or take anything away from it. I just want you to just continue doing what you do, God, and that's making yourself known uh, through this blog talk radio. Lord, from uh, the streets to the pulpit, I, God, you're everywhere, and it does not matter what's between the two locations. Your love is available to everybody, whether it's people that are saved or unsaved, the drug addict and the crackhead, the one in the church and the one out of the church, the black, the white, the red, the brown, it does not matter. Your love is right there. And nothing nobody's ever done is too big for your love. No matter where you are, it doesn't matter. Love can find you. It does not matter what you're dealing with and how long you've dealt with it. It's never too late for love. So thank you, God. And I pray that tonight we'll lay down. We'll lay down in love. I pray that whenever we get up in the morning, we'll get up in love. And I pray that as we go about our day on tomorrow, that we'll walk in love. Thank you so much, God. Keep your hand on this line, on this ministry. Bless Brother Quick and his family. Also, Brother Ray, Lord God, for just his spirit. I pray that you keep your hand on him and speak to him. And then, God, just keep us all in your care. Thank you so much for what has transpired. We give your name to praise, honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, that concludes From the Streets to the Pulpit. We will be back Thursday, Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can follow us Facebook, Instagram, From the Streets to the Pulpit. That concludes tonight's episode. Who says a man can't or shouldn't be immortal? Good night.